Hello everybody, welcome back to Sophomore Citizens. I'm Gigi and I'm joined with Lily and Liesl. How are we all doing today? I'm doing pretty good. I described yesterday as one of my worst days of the quarantine. So there's really only up to go from there. I happened to trip and fall over on a walk we were on. I was just in a crotchety mood and was just really getting dragged down, you know, by the queue. Mm-hmm. But today has been um, much more calming, much more peaceful, and um, I'm loving it today. Lovely. Lily? I'm feeling good. Um, you know, as we were talking about earlier, I did my nails yesterday, thanks to Liesl's color recommendations, and looking down at them is really making me happy and changing my mood. So, to be completely honest, um, my nails are really making me feel great today. <laughs> Fantastic. This is episode number three. Um technically number two but sort of number three one two three it's a lucky day for me (laughs) so i'm feeling great i'm feeling excited about this episode we have unfortunately sort of breached the um usual system where we don't um discuss our topics prior to actually getting on the air Um, But I made sure to put an end to it once we had decided that a topic had come to the forefront. Um, And I know that we're all feeling very excited to get chatting about all of this. So if anyone um, doesn't have any other things that they'd like to share, Lily, (laughs) would you like to start us off with your topic? Okay, yes. My topic is the recently announced live action film of the magic school bus and i'm feeling really excited about this because i loved the magic school bus both the tv show and the books as a kid and i actually recently watched an episode and it held up being the great show that i remembered it to be so i'm personally feeling very excited about this i think the casting of elizabeth banks as miss frizzle is great i love miss frizzle and i will definitely be watching this when it comes out but um i know that my i both of you feel differently i would just like to start off by saying um I don't think I have any particularly strong feelings towards this new live-action Magic School Bus. I remember enjoying the show as a kid. The one that stands out in my mind is the um, one when they go through the digestive system. Yeah, that's obvious. Because I'm pretty sure that that one also gets utilized, you know, in the science unit where you learn about the GI tract or whatever it is. Um... And I remember them, you know, being in the school bus, flying down into the stomach, and all of the different characters. I feel like it wasn't just the stomach. Like, I also remember them being near some red blood cells. Well, either way, I remember it being the digestive system. But who knows? We'd have to take to the episode to get down to the bottom of that. But the point of of my um, little spiel here is just that, you know... I think if it were to come out on Netflix, I would be happy to watch it. Um, Would I see myself going to the theater? Probably not. Um, But also then again, Liz and I love to go to the theater. We go all the time when it's not under these, you know, under the novel coronavirus. Um, So now that I've 
explained my generally neutral stance on this. I'll let you two girls hash it out, and I will um, speak up when I feel necessary. Okay, first and foremost, I would like to say I'm happy for all of the kids out there. I'm happy they're getting some kitty content. Like, I'm glad that they're going to be able to go to the theater and enjoy, you know, what Miss Frizzle has to offer. And maybe <laughs> this is bringing Miss Frizzle to, like, a new generation. I think that's really sweet. I love all of that for the kids. I have a question. Mm-hmm. They're going to give Elizabeth Banks red hair, right? Like, they can't not. But yeah, yeah. they definitely have to. Okay, okay. It's I funny. just wanted that to be clear. I keep thinking in my head the name Elizabeth Warren instead <laughs> of Elizabeth Banks. And I'd like to, to also just put it out there that I think Elizabeth Warren, I would rather watch Elizabeth Warren be Miss Frizzle than Miss Elizabeth Banks, who, um, I'm so sorry, is trash. Well, why, why do you have such an issue with Elizabeth Banks? Are you kidding me? Name one good movie she's in. Okay, I cannot Tom do Banks. that. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot name one good movie that Elizabeth Banks is in. So people really like that. Anchorman. People, oh, not people. us. <laughs> I think she's a great casting. Okay, she's fine casting for the kids. Once again, I'm yes, reiterating. What I'm it's a kids awesome. movie, and here, here's where I would like to just to just say what my opinion is, and I think where I differ from Lily. I don't care to go anywhere near this. If it's on Netflix, if it's in the theater, I don't want to see it because it's for children. And I just think that The Magic School Bus is an educational show for children. I don't want to watch it. There's so many kids shows that you could put on right now, and I would be enthralled. You know, from iCarly, Drake and Josh, Zoe 101. Take us to, outside of Dan Schneider. To, Come on. To, you know, SpongeBob, to Timmy Turner, The Fairly Odd Parents, to Hannah Montana. I literally watched the Hannah Montana movie recently and enjoyed it. There's so many great nostalgic things from our childhood that I can I can totally enjoy to watch. And I was a kid who enjoyed the Magic School Bus. It's not that I don't like Magic School Bus, period. But it's for little, little kids. Can I um, say something? Opinion. Can I just go back to Elizabeth Banks briefly? Yeah, and then, then we can go back to this issue of kids versus adults. Mm-hmm. I also am now sort of coming to realize my personal issues with Elizabeth Banks in this role. As much as I do see what you're saying, well, like, it does feel like a pretty good fit. I feel like Elizabeth Banks does kind of have a tendency in these kinds of roles to overact or be like a caricature, exaggerated version I of someone. I do not think you can overact Miss Frizzle. No, but that's you the can. thing. That's, is like it's, That's when it gets annoying. Like, I don't want to exactly, watch someone like, overact. I, I want Miss Frizzle to be like authentic and genuine and like which is why Elizabeth Warren would have been great and and like the kind of like you know frizzle frazzle aunt who's like cool and takes you around you know that's not Elizabeth Banks to me she's not like a goofy weird adult like I just don't I don't enjoy her I think she's fake. I just feel like uh, she, uh, I can never envision her being anything other than the pitch perfect judge, and I hate that. I hate that character. I don't like that movie, but no. I'm still I'm still here for the casting. Okay, but... right. I mean, listen, I'm not gonna say that I have a better idea of who could play Miss Frizzle. I think she is a pretty good casting. Um, but Liesel, back to your argument about kids, you know programming being for kids right and I just think that also the live action um element of this this movie 
is gonna be weird. It's gonna be weird. Like I love that. How how exactly is the school bus gonna go That's on like the best a fun part. adventure? Watching the no, school bus real life fly. I'm sorry. What is more interesting? But than also, that? like, so boring. It's no, so not okay. Interesting. Let the record show. I personally have love in my heart for the Sky High school bus. <laughs> Don't mean, let that Bella, go that's, unknown. That's iconic. That's incredible. The magic school bus full of some weird live action real kids. Well, I also I'm just kind of curious to see like how much of the shows. Um, like vibe they try to maintain or if they try and make it feel like a feature film. Do you know what I mean? Because right. there's a big difference. Yeah. Right. Um, and, and, I- and, and like, okay, I'm so sorry to interrupt. Like, for example, the um, Cat in the Hat live <laughs> action, mm-hmm. weird. <laughs> right. Um, like, is it going to be that? Yes, it's going to be like <laughs> uncanny, yes. uncanny valley like times 10. You know what I mean because it's it's edging this line of real and not real that makes people uncomfortable. You know, like the uncanny valley is essentially when there's a robot or a figure that looks just on the cusp of looking human, it creates a very very uncomfortable experience for us people to look at and observe. And I think that that is what is going to kind of happen um, in this, that there there is a such a fantastical element to the animated television show. <laughs> you know, you like the animators, they work their magic. They, they draw all of these fantastical things. They make the school bus grow and shrink and just incredible adventures, 10 out of 10 as an animated children's show from the early 2000s. But as a 2020, you know, freaking um, CGI, like <laughs> Miss Frizzle as Elizabeth Banks is just turning something pure and genuine and cute and sweet into, into something just uncanny valley, disgusting, horrible. Okay, here's why I disagree. Number one. I have one question before you begin, Lily. Please. Like, do you think that they're going to come up with a totally new, um, like, like adventure for these kids to, to uncover? no, because if it's a movie, well... And, like, do you think that, you, like, I can envision some of the little kids, um, do you think that they're going to, like... Match the kids? Match the kids, or they're going to, like... No, I think they're going to choose no. new kids, and they're going to have iPhones. Like, I think these kids are going to be so. terrible. <laughs> okay, I'm ready for you to say okay, what you need to number say. one, I just think it's very difficult to argue with the nostalgia that this is going to bring. So as someone who loves Magic School Bus, it being brought back in any way, I'm so excited for about, for it. And a modernization of that is no, cool for that, me. That, that is where the nostalgia dies. The nostalgia <laughs> dies in modern... Okay, modern my, my nostalgia is, is alive. It's alive, awake, alert, enthusiastic right now. Because uh-huh. this is being brought back. If it was just, like, on the TV, my nostalgia would not be I rising. could not disagree more. If the original content is on the TV, you feel pure nostalgia in your heart. But you, you, don't, even, you don't even want to see Miss Frizzle no, in animation form on your TV. Personally, as a 23-year-old adult woman, no. But I can understand the, va- the value of the nostalgia there. But and when would are, I be going to watch it? Is what I'm saying. It's is them, but if them revamping it is reminding me of the show I once loved and distorting and it into, I'm crud. not feeling the distortion. The distortion is so there. Let Lily, let Lily get to point yet. number two. Number okay. two. I love how 
well, this is not exactly um, why I love it, but I'm excited that this is connecting us with the younger generation because all the kids are going to watch this and be like, oh my gosh, Magic School Bus is so cool. And then when I was younger, no, I used to watch hey, that. Hey, Elizabeth Banks. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to have this little bond over the Magic School Bus. But that's the great thing about, like, kids' TV is, like, there is such a catalog of it. And and it's ready to be shared with little kids. Like, the, you can stick that on Netflix, you know, all day long. Yeah, but I don't and think can... that the kids of today are feeling connected to the Magic School Bus. Because it didn't come disagree. out in their time. I would disagree. But, Lily, I don't think that you are realizing, like, Dragon Tales was not coming out when you were coming out. <laughs> right. Like, you think the second it showed up on your TV, it was made for Lily Zoller's eyes in that moment, but I'm telling you, it was years before. And, like, something like The Wizard of Oz, right? That was made in 1803. And <laughs> I will also children... let the record show that Lily believed that there was a point in time where the world was black and white, and they just so happened to capture the moment where the world got color. I did think that. And... Kids to this day lose their minds over the original Wizard of Oz. That film, Judy Garland, they love it. And there have been remake after remake after remake, and no one likes I'm the I'm about remakes. to get mad. I'm about to get so mad. The Annie remake meant so much to me as a kid, and I didn't want anything to do with curly-haired okay, Annie. Right. I didn't what want anything to do with... What about Cameron with, Diaz, Annie, though? Okay, I don't want Cameron Diaz exactly. anywhere near anything because, except for Fiona and Shrek. I also strongly feel Freaky Friday and um, also Parent Trap, two very near and dear... Oh, yep. Two very near and dear Lindsay Lohan remakes... I don't want to see anything but Lindsay on my screen. No, I agree with that completely. I think that for me, the problem is, like, from the day that the iPhone was invented on, <laughs> is when you could stop make, remaking stuff and make it good. No. You know? I, that's what I truly believe, because now people have... Is that have, just a, an arbitrary... That's an arbitrary date. Okay. It's from the iPhone on. <laughs> it's an approximation. But because of technology... The nostalgia factor that we could have about movies or TV shows like The Magic School Bus in this TikTok-ass, computer-ass, video game-ass generation of little tater tots, they are, it, the, the purity of The Magic School Bus cannot be maintained, especially I know for a fact with Elizabeth Banks at the helm, she will be doing TikTok dances. No, she won't. She will oh be doing gosh. TikTok dances. Like, I swear they're going to go into Charlie Del Melio's nose and into her body. Um, and that is going to be the adventure of the school bus. Okay, Lily, I would like for you to have the floor to finish us up. Yeah, finish us off because I'm, I'm done. After this, I'm never speaking on this topic again because I've said everything that needs to be said. I'm going to keep it short and sweet. I'm here for the remake. I'm so excited for it. It is awakening my nostalgia for this show that I would not have otherwise really thought about. I love that we're feeling connected to the younger generation. I'm so excited to watch the school bus fly. And if anything, the magic of the magic school bus is going to be um, elevated because it's going to be real and not animated. So I'm excited for it. Justice for this movie. Okay, here's my final words on this. The magic I didn't give bus. you the floor. Just after this. I said after this. You got to make a concluding statement. Okay. Let me. I have three sentences. Fine. For rebuttal. You. The magic school bus, the original show, Loki sucked. 
Elizabeth Banks is the worst human being to walk this planet. And three, I don't like you if you go to see this movie in the theater. Oh, I am here for you if you go to see this movie, and I would love a buddy to go to see it with because apparently Lisa will not be seeing it with me. So, uh, once again, I will finish where I started. I feel relatively neutral towards this topic, unlike my two co-hosts. And with that, I will move us swiftly into our next topic, which will be my topic. This is something... Um, I think that has been relevant for a few years now, but I feel like is coming up again and again with more and more frequency lately. And this topic is cancel culture. I don't know if this is something that we are all on the same page about, but I guess we're going to find out. I personally feel pretty strongly against cancel culture. I understand that when it comes to truly heinous behaviors there is a time and a place for um you know saying sayonara to people who have otherwise used their power and wealth to continue whatever they are known for despite those heinous behaviors that is not what i'm talking about but it's like over over seemingly silly things people are chomping at the bit to be canceling people left and right. And I almost would argue that it has lost its, its, its Jojo you know, it's, it's lost, it's, it's lost its um, power and its ability to actually like get people down because I feel like people just bounce right back. There's a certain resilience that comes with it and it's not cancel culture. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I have problems with it on so many levels, but, right. like, this is... This so, but do you have a problem with the fact that, that being canceled is kind of no longer a permanent thing? Or, or you like that about it? Um, I... So, as much as I am not in support of cancel culture, like, I think that we should be um, giving people the opportunity to apologize and, and move along and show us that they've learned from their mistakes without being like completely disowned from our pop culture or whatever. I don't think that it's good that there's this like, oh, something bad happens, canceled, and then they just pop right back up. Do you know what I'm saying? Right. Um, So it's like there's multiple sides to this that I don't care for. Right. Um, And I think that like, In response to that, I would love to bring up something that um, Rachel Lindsay actually said on her great podcast, Higher Learning, um, with her co-host Van Lathan. Um, They were talking about a specific situation with Doja Cat that we don't need to necessarily get into, Um, and you can do your own research on that if that's a topic you're interested in, Um, but essentially she had kind of been canceled for some of her behaviors in the past, and they were kind of discussing, you know, how do we go forward from here with Doja Cat specifically. And Rachel was basically saying, you know, she apologized and now we're watching. And I think that that is the most important distinction in any type of cancellation or situation where people mess up, do the wrong thing or did the wrong thing in the past. The, the recipe that needs to happen, in my opinion, is a sincere apology, like public sincere apology, ideally, in my opinion, video. Um, I think when people just type out an apology, even 
you know, if they use their notes app and type out so many words and so many characters, I feel like a video, there's just so much more culpability and responsibility that goes behind filming a video of you apologizing or going on TV or whatever it is. I think that a sincere apology and then plus moving forward and proving to the public that you have continued and 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 grown from what you did. And that's showing a really good model to society that you can mess up, you can do the wrong thing, you can apologize, and then you have to put your money where your mouth is and sincerely like move on and repent and show that that your actions aren't going to be that way anymore. That's my take. Totally. I'm not here for cancel culture. I don't like it. I think that's for a few reasons. First of all, I feel like me as a human being, my moral compass, we could say, I very much believe in second chances. I think you're allowed to screw up. And just like Lizzle said, I definitely think you're allowed to screw up and change. And I think that's, you know, I think for so many of the things that people are being canceled for, there are things that some other people in society maybe are doing as well. And the whole goal is for us to eliminate some of those negativities and move forward. And if we're not able to change and correct our mistakes, how are we going to move forward? So I don't think anyone deserves to be canceled. I think that with an apology and learning and growing, you can better yourself and then become uncanceled. But I'm not here for it. I don't think it serves a healthy purpose. And I just don't support it. What I will say is, obviously, there are certain things that people, like, don't count as being canceled that I would kind of count as being canceled. Like, for example, Harvey Weinstein. Canceled, in my opinion. That's what I was kind of um, thinking of when I mentioned, like, heinous behaviors. Right, right. That have previously been overlooked due to someone's success or power or wealth or whatever. Right. And I feel like, you know, with something like sexual assault... That is something that there's such a spectrum of behaviors associated with it from, you know, rape to just commentary and making, you know, bad comments and and verbally abusing women in a certain way or using your power over women um, in a bad way in the workplace or wherever. Um, And, you know, where do we draw the line as a society as far as that person is permanently canceled like Harvey Weinstein, or that person can can apologize and move forward, you know? Um, and I think that, like, there are situations where people do very much deserve to be canceled. And I think the problem is that we're never going to be 100% consistent about that as a society, you know? And especially, I think, with Black Lives Matter and with racism, um... You know, there for so many generations have not been clear consequences for people being racist. And I think that a lot of people have gotten away with saying the N-word or saying derogatory terms or saying racist things and haven't truly learned and grown from that. And that has continued to create this huge problem in our society of systematic racism. And it, it has contributed to it on such an enormous level. Um, and all of the microaggressions and all of the things that have led to the society that we live in right now. Um, I think that, you know, cancellation of people who have been racist um, is not the way forward because that doesn't 
teach them anything necessarily. It doesn't force them to learn about themselves or about society. You know, it just it just shuts them up, which is is fine. It's nice to not have to hear racist stuff, but like let's get in there and educate and teach and learn and grow. You know, together. Um, and I think when people authentically and really do that, then they deserve to be able to have success again, you know? And I think part of the problem with cancel culture and it sort of finding its way into these different areas, whether it be more serious topics like Black Lives Matter, um, as well as things like James Charles and Tati on YouTube having makeup drama. Right. um, It's like, it just sort of blurs the line for me like it just the the idea that they would fall under the same kind of like umbrella umbrella becomes problematic yeah and I also think that like I just along the line of publicly making mistakes and and being met with an attitude of like look that wasn't okay but we need to understand why and work through that and move forward is something that's really important for like to occur in the public eye, but also like as an individual, I think people feel really scared to get involved or speak up because they think they're going to do something wrong. And then they're going to be met with all of this, like, you know, negativity or to be like just verbally eviscerated by other people online. Um, And like that doesn't create a healthy environment for growth um, and for, moving forward yeah and I just think that like the phrase they're canceled um has so much baggage to it but it's also such an easy thing to say like even recently um Stassi Schroeder from Vanderpump Rules was sort of canceled um for some racist stuff that she did to like a co-worker from Vanderpump Rules um and once again we don't have to get into the details of that because it's kind of a lot But I was talking to my mom about it, and I just said, you know, Stassi got canceled. And my mom said, well, why? And then, of course, you explain, you know, the dynamics of what happened. And it's kind of like the sentence of Stassi got canceled is is kind of meaningless at this point. And it, it doesn't really help the conversation. I think it would have been a lot better for me to say to my mom, you know, Stassi got fired from Vanderpump Rules because of X, Y, and Z you know, or whatever, and, and instead, and take out that kind of middleman phrase in conversation of, like, they got canceled, because when do you ever have a conversation with someone where you're like, you know, Gigi got canceled, and then you just don't expand on that, you know, you always are gonna unpack it, because people want to know, like, oh, well, what happened, so I think that we would be better off as a society to take that phrasing out, and not necessarily take the behaviors associated with canceling out, but just the this shortcut of language of saying you know oh she's canceled he's canceled i feel like is not contributing good things to the conversation i have two things to say the first thing is that as a communication scholar um i do feel personally quite strongly about the use of the word cancel and sort of what it's taken on and that it 
feels almost like an oversimplification of a situation as you're saying like people will just kind of use that very generally to say so and so has been canceled and then it almost always requires further explanation to actually understand what's happened because this phrasing has now been used in so many different contexts that it's lost its specific meaning so i personally think something like checking culture um makes like fits more what i see it as is like you're checking people you know what i mean like there's like the checks and balances you know what i mean like everyone has to be aware that that other you know citizens of our nation are here watching and listening and checking you yeah you know checking up on you even just the sentence like oh yeah like Stasi got checked you know and fired for some racist behaviors feels a lot better than like Stasi got canceled you know and checked leaves room for she got checked and then she 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 learned yeah Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she got unchecked (laughs) yeah she got balanced you can get, you get checked and then you get balanced when you apologize and, and move on in a good way. Yeah, when your check bounces. When when your check bounces. <laughs> no, when your check bounces, that's when you actually get canceled. Oh yeah. shit. Okay. Yeah. Then But you can remove a check just as easily as you can give a check. True. It's so that's personally what I like and I, I feel like it fits enough of the same um like situations that it, it, I don't know, for me, it resonates, you know, that's for everyone as a society to decide, but I just want to go quickly back to what Lily had said towards the beginning that like as a person, and when it comes to my personal life, I also don't like the idea, which I understand it's two very different things. Like as a society, what we value and what we, what we show in the public eye says a lot and like letting things slide really isn't cool in that um environment but like as a person I don't I would never like have a friend do something to me unless it was again like over the edge unequivocally like not okay um like that aside if someone did something and then they apologized for it and then they were able to show that they were making genuine efforts to like grow from that experience I would have absolutely no reason to to cancel them or like drop them from my life and I don't, I, I've never really, um, like, liked it when I've seen people in my life do that. Right. You know? Right. I also, in this conversation, hearing all of our um, issues with it, is that I have a really big problem with the fact that it is a culture. Like, it's not just canceling. And that even when, Gigi, when you brought this up, you said cancel culture. When it is so problematic, and I think even... Well, I'm not going to speak for people that are in favor of it, but, like, clearly there are a lot of issues with it. And so, obviously, we've said many times that if there is a person that does a crime worthy of, I don't want to say canceled because we're just not going to use that word, but worthy of being thrown out, let's say, fine. There's, There's a line you can cross it. That's possible. But for the most part, like, that's not likely... That's kind of a rare case. So why is it a culture? Why is it something happening time and time again when it's only applicable in these truly, not special, but like standout, heinous heinous situations? It just shouldn't be a culture. And yes, there's a time and a place to maybe use it, maybe, but it just shouldn't be thrown around or mainstream enough to have a title such as cancel culture. And I love Czech culture instead. Yeah, and I just think, like, that echoes so much what Gigi was saying about 
how can we lump in people who are committing heinous crimes to James Charles and Tati, you know, on on YouTube or to reality stars or to, you know, influencers? It just doesn't feel like putting Harvey Weinstein and Jeffrey Epstein and people who did egregious, egregious, horrible things to lump them in the same category as people who, you know, had some bad tweets or whatever, whatever the case may be. And I think that it's also important for us to just point out, as we probably will whenever we have more serious discussions on this podcast, that we're three, you know, privileged white women and we acknowledge our place in society and, and the, the privilege that we've benefited from for so many years. And we don't claim to know what it's like to have been abused or to have had racism, um, you know, put, put towards us. Um, and we never want to invalidate the experiences of people who have gone through those things. Um, and, you know, we're just giving our opinion on kind of how we think this could be altered and changed, but I think we don't want to make anyone feel like invalid for having been offended by, by actions that people have, have done, you know, like feeling offended um, and wanting someone to no longer be in the limelight because they've triggered you in some way is a totally valid emotion to feel. Absolutely. Um, and I think that we want to, like, always validate that and, like, amplify voices of color and people who have been marginalized in any way. And I think that we we want to make sure that the bad people are getting canceled and are getting checked and are getting, you know, adjusted and that people really are, like, changing and growing and learning. Totally. So I think that's that on that. Um, so, Liesl, I will let you take it away with our third topic for today. Okay. I think we'll be jumping into something a little bit more fun and lighthearted. This is something that Gigi and I already talked about a little bit, but I think that Lily will definitely bring new, new light to this conversation, as she always does. Um, so some of you guys might have heard that at Disneyland, Splash Mountain is being changed from the critter whatever theme it is right now to a Princess Tiana themed ride. I didn't know this! Yeah. That is my most favorite princess in the whole world. I can't believe I didn't know this. I'm so excited. (laughs) I've seen the Princess and the Frog so many times and I'm so happy. Oh my gosh. Okay, so um, I'm, I'm very excited about this as well. I think this is a great move for Disney. I think it's very sweet and I think that given everything that's going on, like I guess whatever Splash Mountain is based off of has some racist connotations and just isn't the best. I I honestly like could not tell you what Splash Mountain used to be based off of. I really don't know. No, it was, was just always like weird. It, it was, was just like critters. Strange. Like I don't know. Um, like yeehaw. I don't know. Uh, it must be some sort of like racist story or, or origin yeah. or undertones yeah. or something. Um. And I'm so happy that, like, you know, a a princess of color is getting her time to shine at Disneyland. But, personally, I don't love the Princess and the Frog movie. I don't love Princess Tiana. I... Liesl! We already (laughs) had this conversation, and Lily, I... I stand in support of, of Princess Tiana and that movie. I personally think... Like, to be fair, I haven't seen it in a while, so, like... Uh, you know, who knows, maybe if I were to watch it right now this minute, I would be like, 
okay, maybe not my favorite princess movie, but like I thought it was a fun new, you know, kind of environment to explore and like one of Liesl's complaints was that she spends most of the movie being a frog and having frog love, which is my <laughs> biggest problem with the movie. Like no, but I, I, want- I, I let me continue. But like part of my issue with that is that it's it's par for the course. Like Disney programming is all about the critters. You know what I mean? It is all about the critters. It is all about the critters. I completely agree. But okay, let's just take Beauty and the Beast, for example. Belle gets to be so cute with her books in France. You know, she gets to wear cute dresses, and yeah, she's like stuck with a beast, and like there's all of that drama going on. But she doesn't get turned into a beast. You know, she gets to stay. Can we work a with another one? I, that's just a bad example. Okay, well, like, like, even, work with a more okay. modern one, Moana. Moana, yeah, she is like this awesome, amazing. I don't really like Moana though. Little princess, you know, who like saves her own, you know, situation and all of that stuff. And it, it's such a cute movie. And I just feel that. Like, Princess Tiana, in the beginning of the movie, like, I love her. You know, she's, like, working in her little cafe. She's so cute. And she's a woman. You know, she's not a frog. (laughs) And I love her. And it's in New Orleans. Like, so cute. Such a cute city. Such a cute setting. And then they ruin it by, like, sending her to the bayou as a frog. And Liesl also doesn't doesn't like the voodoo man. And I don't (laughs) like the voodoo man as a um, villain. He creeps me out and... Just not in the right way. Like, I just don't... It Something about the movie just is disappointing in its lack of glamour for Princess Tiana, in my opinion. Like, I want, I want Princess Tiana, the first black princess, to, like, be just such a glamazon and just, like, be strutting the runway and, like, saving the day left and right. Like, when Moana is on the waves and her hair is flowing, it's so glamorous. Princess Tiana, like... Is like in an apron for like a while, and then she's a frog. That's it. <laughs> and then she's not a frog anymore. For like three minutes, you get to enjoy. You appreciate her as a human so much more because you've had her as a frog. I also, one of the reasons I love The Princess and the Frog is that I think it has the best music of any Disney princess movie because I love the soundtrack, and there's no other Disney princess movie I could say that about. So that's one reason that that movie is so good. But also, I think she is glamorous and amazing, and I love her working in the cafe and then being a princess. A frog. But you get the transition. But I don't want the transition. Like, I don't I don't need that. And I just, maybe it's because I really don't like frogs. Also, like, it's just not even a good animal. Like, she just She's, didn't even. And also, I don't like the story of the original Princess and the Frog story. Of the girl who, you know, has to kiss a frog and then he turns into her prince. I've always hated that story. Okay. You know? Like, and I just hated that they, that that's what they gave to, like, the first black princess who, like, should have been, just in my opinion, just gotten a better story. I love her story. Princess Tiana, I love you. You love when they're frogs. Yeah. How do you like that? It's so, it's so... It's a fun adventure, Liesl. It's cute. It's not. I don't want to be in the bayou. I don't want to be a frog. I like the scenery. I like the voices. As I've said, I love the maybe, music. Maybe I need to rewatch. Maybe I'm missing also, something here. she is a princess for a decent amount of the movie. I mean, 
A human. Sorry, not a princess. Like, she is human in the beginning, and she is human in the end. And, yes, she goes through her frog phase, but, but that only makes you appreciate The beginning and the end are, like, ten minutes each. No. And the middle of the frogdom is so <laughs> long. I'm here for the frogdom. I'm not. I'm just not. Um, well, with all that being said, I do quite like Princess Tiana as Splash Mountain because I think that it's really fun that they get to go through the bayou essentially. But I and I also just think I it was Disney that. being a little bit lazy because like the Sl- Splash Mountain ride will lend itself to being becoming a bayou very easily. Mm-hmm. But like I don't know, I just really would have loved like a Hawaiian escape of Moana. She's not even Hawaiian. Um Lethal <laughs> Cancelled Checked. She's uh from some, you know, made-up country, I think. But, like, Polynesia. Yeah, Polynesian-based. But, I don't know, something about that's so much more glamorous than, like, riding through the bayou. Like, uh-uh. I love, I love, I don't you need You want to ride through the bayou? I don't go to Disney. I'm not wearing, I'm you not going to go dress to Disneyland up to Disney. for glamour. I'm sorry, what do you wear when that's, you go to Disneyland? Personally, no. I wear leggings, tennis shoes, and a hoodie. And I go there to have Holy fun. Glamour, glamour, glamour is a state of mind. Glamour is glamour. a state of mind, first of all. <laughs> Second of all, tell me that as a kid you didn't want a Bibbidi-Bobbidi boutique Get a freaking hair makeover. No. Become a princess. In my life did I ever want to do that. That's the only reason I wanted to go to Disneyland. Was I like she's lying. To get glam. She's lying. She's I literally lying. Get a churro. Get a Dole Whip. Ride by rides. No glamour needed. But it's like you want to be fun. in glamour glitz land. No, I want to be having family fun. Mm. I don't know about that. Well... I think we've um, we've covered that topic. Yeah, I think so. Fully. Um, yeah. So, but we're we're very excited. I I wanna. Here's here's my my to do list. Option my my first item on my to do list is to just rewatch Princess and the Frog. Maybe I'll change my mind on that. Thing two, and we have Disney Plus, so we can do that. Thing two on my to do list is whenever COVID ends, to go to Disneyland, ride the new ride, see how we feel, and then maybe I'll write the script for Prin- Princess and the Frog two. And oh. I can give her more glamour. <laughs> I can give her the glamour she deserved in movie number one and movie number two. That's all I'm saying. Wonderful. So now we will move on to our recommendations for this week. So Lily and Liesel have both been reading this fabulous book. Um, Lily actually started reading this book quite some time ago um, when she left for her Barcelona travels back in January. Liesl, naturally being the avid reader that she is, tore through it in a matter of days and has beat Lily to the finish line. So I will let either one of you, whoever feels called to do so, um, to just chat a little bit about this book recommendation that we have. Um, okay, so it's called The Shadow of the Wind, and the reason that I picked it out was because it takes place in Barcelona, and as Gigi mentioned, I was leaving for Barcelona and wanted something to read on the plane. Um, I'm still reading it because I'm not the avid reader that Liesl is, but it's some sort of mystery action book um, that follows a young boy through his adventures uncovering the life of one of his favorite authors. And I'm only about halfway through, so um, I couldn't spoil it for you even if you, even if I wanted to, but I did a good enough job explaining it to convince Liesl to read it, and now she has finished it. So right. She has well, I mean, it. I would have, I would have read it regardless. Just you bringing it up was enough for me to read it. 
Um, Gigi's friend actually read a book called um, The Miranda Writes Tale. Um, I think the main character is Miranda. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm honestly tempted to read even that. Um, so yeah, I would have read it regardless, but Lily did a good job of summarizing the first maybe 30 pages for Gigi and I um, one time when we were just hanging out. So when I was reading it in the beginning, it was all kind of just recapping stuff that Lily had already told us. Um, it was a fun, engaging story. If you've been to Barcelona um, or spent any extensive time there, I think that that would make you enjoy it even more because Barcelona is definitely like a character in the story. Um, if you like books, uh, a lot of the plot has to do with <laughs> books. Um, so it's a fun story. I would, I would give it like an eight and a half out of 10 overall. Um, it's a little spooky. I personally couldn't read it past 10 p.m., but um, I, did, I really like it. I did it. feel it was important that someone mentioned the creepy crawlies. I'm not. You might... I'm, it doesn't spook me. I mean, Lily hasn't really even like gotten to the part that spooked me the most, I oh, feel. No. Um, but she'll get there. So, yeah. And so with that, we will move along to our viewing recommendation. Um, Ryan Murphy, king of television um uh, that's a stretch it that is a stretch but um he's created a number of hit television programs yeah. um and his newest the politician just premiered its season two on netflix this week lily has already worked her way through the entirety of the second season whereas i am still working through the first couple episodes liesel restarted it with me yesterday or the day before i believe um, and it definitely has that kind of caricature, exaggerated kind of feeling when it comes to the styling and aesthetics. Um, and as someone who loved Glee back in the day, um, I can still... You were a Gleek? I was totally a Gleek. Um, I can appreciate some of those stylistic choices, but I will say as someone who really didn't care for another Ryan Murphy production, Scream Queens, there's some aspects of it that I feel are a little too over the top. So if you're feeling inclined towards a new high school, I guess it's maybe only high school for the first season, I'm not quite sure, but you know, high school young adult type programming, drama, drama comedy, what have you, um, politically inclined. And I think it's important to say a couple of the names. We've got Gwyneth Paltrow, um, goes without saying who that is. Um, Lucy Boynton, who was in Bohemian Rhapsody. Ben Platt, who was in, um, Elizabeth Warren's <laughs> film, Pitch Perfect. Um, uh, who else? And Dear Evan Hansen. He, he was also Evan. famous for Dear Evan Hansen. Um, Maybe that's everyone who's relevant in the show. Um, oh, and who's the girl who... Um, oh, oh, Zoe Deutsch and, yeah. and Jessica Lange. 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 And she's she's really good in the show. She's really funny. Um, also, Lily, something we hadn't discussed about the show is I really like the theme song. Like, I, I like love the, the title sequence. And the title I think it's sequence so is really good, right? Yeah. It's one of those ones I was saying this morning when we were watching... Um, with the title sequence that you can watch it like multiple times and uncover new like little hints about stuff that's going on in the show. It's and I one of the very few shows that I don't click yeah. skip intro on Netflix because it's so cool to yeah. watch him come to life. And I, I was it. saying to Gigi, like I wonder who exactly revolutionized the opening theme. 
you know, because I feel like in recent years, it's become such a moment for a show. Like, Big Little Lies, I watch the theme every single time, and, like, that's honestly the highlight of watching an episode and, sometimes. Um, and Succession, too. And Succession. Love the theme song. Like, it gets you so amped for and the it's, show. And it's such an artistic representation. Of, where, like, what you're about to watch. I just, I love good show theme titles. I just think that's so interesting. Yeah. And I also love The Politician, so I recommend a lot that everyone watch that. I would give it an 8 out of 10. I would season give it 1. A I, haven't watched, I haven't watched season 2 yet. I think it's great. So, yeah. All right, everyone. Thank you for listening, and um, we'll see you next week for another episode of The Sophomore Citizens. Bye, Bye. guys.